Section 12. The Roosevelt-Rondon Scientific Expedition and the Telegraph Line Commission. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. The Roosevelt-Rondon Scientific Expedition and the Telegraph Line Commission by Candido Mariano da Silva-Rondon. Translation by Richard George Reedy and Edwin Douglas Murray. Second Lecture, Part 6. On the morning of the 26th of April, we left our camp of Samona, latitude south, 7 degrees, 40 minutes, 55 seconds, point six, and longitude west of Rio, 17 degrees, 24 minutes, 22 seconds, continuing to descend the river formerly known under the name of Castanha. We crossed the waterfall called Galinha, with the canoes unloaded, and after that the Araras, which was completely submerged on this occasion, as is always the case during the rainy season. Shortly afterwards we passed by the mouth of the Igarape do Uro, so called as it is believed to be a place where there is a layer of gold sands, years ago secretly explored by an African nigger, who used to appear with this mineral, and sell it to a Portuguese merchant on the Arapuana. Proceeding on our voyage at one o'clock in the afternoon, we arrived at the point of the confluence of the river which we were navigating, with the Arapuana which descended southeast. There we found encamped, awaiting us since the 21st of March, Lieutenant Perineus, with his auxiliary party composed of six persons. To this place the party had arrived embarked in canoes, as it was impossible for them to cross with the scout, Cidade de Maneos, over the Matamata waterfall, 7.900 meters away from there. It was now fifty-nine days since we had left the bridge of the telegraph line, with our flotilla of seven canoes cutting through the waters of the river, whose name resumed all the indecisions resulting from the mystery of its course, and from the unknown region traversed by same. During this period we covered 686.360 meters, the first 276.000 of which were so full of hardships that to overcome them we had to struggle during 48 days continuously, without allowing ourselves to be either depressed by any sort of fatigue, or through the sad circumstances which embittered our hearts, and for some moments astonished our souls in the contemplation of the unfathomable fate of the things of this life. We arrived at the end of this hard crossing, almost all of us ill and exhausted. The eminent chief of the American Commission, after his attack of malaria, which he had caught at the Paxeo waterfall, never was himself again. His son Kermit was also very much shaken in health by the lengthy attack of fever which tormented him for many days, and after the irksome work of portaging the canoes at that same waterfall, Lieutenant Lira and Mr. Cherry had had long gastric complaints, and the men of the crew, attacked with fever and tired to death, were themselves in a very weak state of health and would have been literally defeated if it were not for the endurance of these admirable capoclos and sartenajos 
but the pleasure of seeing the fortunate results which our efforts and work had effected always with the hope of attaining this prize this alone made us forget all the attribulations of the past and after calming the excitement of our meeting there was only one point on which we concentrated our attention we wished to examine at a glance the importance of the results which we had just obtained from our camp we could see the confluence of the former castanha bringing its waters from a southeasterly direction with an average velocity of seven hundred and seventy six meters per minute flowing between two banks separated one from the other by four hundred and seventy meters by contemplating these data with the result of our soundings which gave a depth on an average of six hundred and thirty nine cubic meters it can be concluded that in every second its mouth allows to pass through the area of three point zero 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 square meters a flow equivalent to a volume of two thousand three hundred and thirty one cubic meters this was the river whose course the rubber tappers imagined prolonged itself below the point of the confluence with the castanha until it flowed into the madiera under the name of arepuana according to this mode of thinking it would therefore be the principal river and the other the castanha would simply be its tributary very important in reality but not so important as to make it lose its individuality and with it its name also I will rapidly examine whether this opinion corresponds to the real facts observed and noted by the Roosevelt-Randan expedition, or if, on the contrary, it would be more legitimate to attribute the precedence in question to the recently explored river. But before doing so, I will give some other information, endeavoring to show how far our present knowledge reaches in regard to the former Castanha. And for the facility of this lecture, it must be understood that henceforth I shall call this confluent, and it alone, by the name of Arepuana. From this name I systematically exclude the part of the course of the two rivers united from their point, or union, to its mouth in the Madiera. All the rubber tappers whom, since the 15th of April, we had met along the banks of the River Roosevelt, agreed in informing me that no other explorer had gone up the Arapuana beyond a certain waterfall, known by the name of Infarnao, the same as we saw in the former Castanha. The first man who there attempted to establish himself did not succeed in resisting the Indians, whose hostilities he had awakened by persecuting them without pity, and without any trace of reason or justice. After they had expelled this man, the Indians of the Arapuana continued to wage war against all civilized men who attempted to venture through their lands, and they still do so with such ardor that the river may practically be considered closed to the rubber tappers, who therefore seldom frequent it. There is, however, below the said waterfall, an affluent, the Guariba, fairly populated by our people, in spite of the fact that therein exist many Indians. According to the information of Mr. Caripe, who is the largest proprietor on the Roosevelt, the Indians on this affluent belong to a different tribe than that which hostilizes the rubber tappers on the principal river. 
Those are called the Araras, and the others would probably belong to another tribe of the great nation of the Muras, a part of which are on friendly terms with the civilized people on the other rivers. Besides this fact, we may register another with regard to gold deposits in the Arapuana, the first of which is to be found in the Igarape, Taboca, and must have been known and explored by the same African nigger to whom we have already referred and the second, more recent, as it dated from 1913, should be in another Igarape, tributary to the Guariba. The discovery of this last deposit is attributed to a rubber tapper of Peruvian origin, and it is affirmed that gold of 22 carat was found there. From all that we have said above, it is clear the result is that the Arapuana is little short of being an unknown river. The general direction of its course, the greatness of its basin, the localization of its headwaters, without alluding to other elements to be able to consider any river as conveniently identified, these are matters still pertaining to the dominion of hypotheses. It is true that of these many are excluded from the limits of possibility, thanks to the conquests realized by science in the regions which confine with that in which the valley of the river exists, but even so, the number of those which remain as being plausibly formulated is more than sufficient not to permit to localize in maps, in latitude south 7 degrees 34 minutes 34 seconds, point oh seven, and longitude west of Rio 17 degrees 9 minutes 36 seconds, anything beyond the mouth of a confluent of the Roosevelt, and marking it with the name of Arapuana. Nevertheless, as it is interesting for the geographical conclusions of the Roosevelt-Randan expedition, I shall make slight references to the hypotheses which had to be ultimately set aside from the midst of those capable of being admitted. The most important of these arose from the ignorance in which we were in regard to the direction followed by the course of the Ananas, below the small stretch close to the source, which we were able to determine as an accessory work to that of the track of the telegraph line between the stations of Vilhena and Jose Bonifacio. One could, however, admit that this source belonged to the Arapuana, and as it is situated to the north of the former Dubida, scarcely fifteen kilometers, the consequence would be that the course of that river could compete in latitudinal extension with the Roosevelt, to which it was inferior only in a few minutes. As, however, it has been verified, and my heart bleeds since the day when I heard that this certainty had cost the sacrifice of the life of our much-beloved and courageous friend, Lieutenant Marquez de Souza, that those sources are the headwaters of one of the feeders of River Capiteo Cardoso. The conclusion is that there is no more reason to admit the supposition that the Arapuana reaches almost as far up to the highlands of the Parises as the Roosevelt. Thus reduced in extension in regard to latitude, the said river had forcibly to gain in longitude, extending its course eastward. Of what we know of the hydrographical system formed by the tributaries of the Juruena and Upper Roosevelt, and further north of what we could infer from the information relative to the Canuma, 
The result is the only acceptable hypothesis with regard to the headwaters of the Arapuana, having as its watersheds those of the Akari and Secondori, feeders of the above-mentioned Canhuma, from which they are separated by the ridges thrown out by the Serra do Norte to the interior, which rests itself on the southeast side on the curve of the Ike, and on the southwest side on the concave branch of the river Marquez de Souza. If we should now wish to compare the two branches which form the stretch which flows into the Madeira by the mouth known, until 1914, under the name of Arapuana, with the intention to decide as to which of these shall be considered as an extension of that main river, and therefore as the upper part of the principal collector of the respective fluvial system, we require before all else to allude to the principles which serve us as a basis for the solution of questions of this nature. Fortunately, we can be brief in the reference to the aspects under which this important geographical problem has been considered by experts in the matter. In view of the facility which we have of carrying ourselves back to the work of Captain Antonio Alves Ferreira da Silva, written with reference to the fixing of the frontier with Peru, and published under the title of Rios e sus Affluentes, Contribuicio para o estudo de nascente principal. In this work, Captain Ferreira da Silva, basing himself on the opinions of various noted authors, such as Geike, Hamilton, Peschel, and Carlo Porro, concludes that the conditions which should prevail in the selection of the principal branch of a river are, in the first place, the conservation of the general direction of the trunk, the confluent which takes up its course, or that which least diverges from same, must be considered as the principal branch. In the second place, the greater extension, or in case the two branches are similar in extension, than the greater volume. And lastly, if there should be a sensible equality in the deflection of the two confluents, as well as in their respective extensions and volumes, the anthropogeographical data shall prevail. That is to say, the principal headwaters of a river shall be accepted as being that one which is indicated as such by the primitive inhabitants of the region. The argument adduced from the difference of altitude of the source only merits attention when the rivers considered exist in a mountainous country where that difference can attain a really appreciable value. This last argument must not bear weight in the judgment which is to be rendered on the relative importance of the two branches of the former lower Arapuana. All the others, however, concur to affirm the pre-eminence of the most western of them. This, if we commence by the last, that of the anthropogeographical order proposed by Geike and Peschel, we must acknowledge that the Nambiquaras, that is to say, the inhabitants of the region of the headwaters of the river, named by us Duvida in 1909, and called Castanja by the rubber tappers of the lower part of its course, gave it the name of Cauenyaro right away from the source to the mouth of the Madeira. Therefore, to the minds of the Nambiquaras, the western branch, which we call the Arapuana, is nothing more or less than the affluent of the Cauenyaro, 
into which, on entering, it loses its name and individuality, the same as occurs to all tributaries after they are absorbed by their respective recipients. With regard to the extension, it is to-day definitely accepted that that of the alluded western branch exceeds that of the other, not only by the fifteen kilometers in latitude south, which were admitted before the reconnaissance of Lieutenant Marquez de Souza, but of much more than this, perhaps to the extent of one or more degrees of the terrestrial meridian. With regard to the volume of water we saw, Citing the conclusions of Captain Ferreira da Silva, this does not decide against the conclusions arrived at from the extension and much less against those deduced from the coincidence of the general direction of the main branch with that of the trunk. However, in order not to leave without mention this element of value in the characterizing of the river studied by the Roosevelt Randon expedition, I will say that the surveys made in the confluence by Lieutenants Lira and Perineus, registered a width of 302 meters, an average velocity per second of 885 meters per minute, and a depth of 828 cubic meters. Therefore, the discharge of the former Castanja in each second of time was on that day 2,212 cubic meters. Comparing this volume to that above mentioned of the Arapuana, we find for the first an inferiority of a little more than 100 cubic meters. It is therefore evident that such inferiority, beyond being small, is nothing more or less than a simple expression of occasional circumstances. Naturally, the Arapuana was swollen with the waters of the more copious and lengthy rains than those which had fallen on those days in the valley of the former Castanja. Finally, let us consider the first of the conditions enumerated by Captain Ferreira da Silva. According to the exact text of the author, the title of main branch belongs to the confluent which preserves the general direction of the river, or that which approximates itself most to it, presenting the least deflection in relation to its trunk. Now, if we take a map in which is figured the route followed by the Roosevelt-Randan expedition from the moment in which it embarked in the canoes on the river Duvida, up to the moment when it came out in the Madeira, the first thing which must strike our attention will certainly be the regularity with which the line representing this journey extends itself from south to north, at first a little to the right, and then a little to the left of the meridian, which, passing by the mouth of the former Arapuana, characterizes the general direction of the main river. And, in fact, it is sufficiently noteworthy that in a fluvial journey of 899.174 meters, the expedition should have found itself incessantly enclosed in a stretch of land limited by two meridians, those of 17 and 18 degrees west of Rio de Janeiro, without, however, touching either of them. If to this journey we join the existing track from the telegraph line bridge to the south, as far as the highest sources in the parallel approximately 12 degrees 39 minutes, we will find another 110.000 meters, of which only the last 44.000 
penetrate in the geographical meridian previous to that already mentioned. It is therefore certain that the courses formerly called Duvida, Castanha, and Lower Arepuana form one and the same river, with an extension of 1009.174 meters, flowing uniformly from south to north, close upon seven degrees, without presenting at any point a deflection which might be considered as the rupture of the continuity of the general direction. With less extension than this great central artery, and arriving at same coming from the east, as we explained above, the branch for the designation of which we reserve the use of the name of Arepuana presents itself with all the characteristics of the affluence, and so as when it penetrates into this artery, it loses the general direction of northwest, which it had up to the mouth, thus also from there onwards the denomination which is proper to it disappears absorbed by that of its recipient. On the 27th of April, in Lieutenant Parinus's camp, close to the bar of the Arepuana, I, as chief of the Brazilian Commission, inaugurated the new commemorative plate of the change of the former names of Duvida and Castanha to that of River Roosevelt, just as I had done in all the places of note during our journey, starting from the mouth of the Kermit. Mr. Roosevelt wished to assist at this inauguration, and, in spite of the fact of the great pain, provoked by the effort demanded of his sick leg, he came and placed himself by the side of the inaugural mark, thus once more joining in the thoughts of international fraternity, and in the sentiments of friendship and the personal consideration which we, who had the satisfaction and the honor of being his companions, of the work during the difficult journey, wished by that act to set forth. End of section 12